about it to this possibilities and promises session of Europa. My name is Jonah and I'm an alcoholic from Stockholm. This is the AA preamble. Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength, and hope with each other that they may solve the common problem and help others to recover from alcoholism. The only requirement for a membership is a desire to stop drinking. There are no dues or fees for AA membership. We are all self-supporting through our own contributions. AA is not allowed in any state, denomination, politics, organization, or institution. It's not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorse nor opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay sober and help other alcoholics to achieve sobriety. About anonymity. Our public relation policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. Thus, we respectfully ask that AA speakers and AA members do not be photographed, videotaped, or identified by full name, or audio tapes, and in published or broadcast reports of our meetings including those reports on new media technologies such as internet. The assurance of anonymity is essential in our efforts to help others, other problem drinkers who may wish to share our recovery program with us. And our tradition of anonymity reminds us that AA principles comes before personalities. The meeting at Europa are being recorded, so we ask that you only identify with your first name and city when you're sharing. This is the topic meeting. Topic meetings begins with speakers sharing on the topic, followed by open sharing. When topic meeting, meetings are open for anyone to attend, participation is limited to those who have a desire to stop drinking. So please welcome our first speaker, Wakefield. I'm Wakefield. I'm a real alcoholic of your type and kind from Seattle, Washington. Can you hear me okay? Yes. I am really surprised that there's no copy of the big book up here. And so I hope that no one's offended, but I'm going to read the ninth step promises from my book. I read them. I did this once in a meeting and somebody said, Oh, you're just showing off that you have a fancy phone. <laughs> and I was just thinking, no, I'm just happy to be able to carry the big book with me wherever I go. Um, so let me just, well, let me ask first. So, so it's kind of a workshop format. Does anybody know what the sentence is in the big book just before the promises? Exactly. I'll read it so everyone can hear it. Um, I think. <laughs> As God's people, we stand on our feet. We don't crawl before anyone. Um, I will read them in a second, but you know, I, I'm in the U.S., Almost every meeting I've gone to in July has been about the seventh step. And I have a real problem with the seventh step, because um, I have problems all the time, but um, <laughs> the, the, seventh, the seventh step, it, it asks me to be willing 
says, I am now ready that you should take away, that you should have all of me, good and bad. And, and then I have to give it up. But, you know, and, and I can have my character defects removed only as they stand in the way of service to other people. I just want them gone, you know. If they stand in the way of service to other people at 3 o'clock, they might not be in the way to other people at 5 o'clock, and there I am back with my character defects in front of me. And so 8 and 9 were really, really hard for me because I am not someone who really gets along with other people. Um, you know, it's easier to drink than to be around other people. But the ninth step promises say, if we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. We're going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past, nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity, and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can help, can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. I am the kind of person that thought that the day that I got to AA, because I had done the hard work of showing up, that you know, I should get all of the promises, I should get all of the good things that AA offered. And so what I decided to share today was the fact that they told me when I got here to go find a sponsor. And they said, find a sponsor who has everything that you want, and that's the person you need for a sponsor. So I'm a gay guy. I found this really cute sponsor who had a really nice car. He had a great job and a good boyfriend. He had everything that I wanted. <laughs> and I thought that's what the promises of AA would give me if I had him for my sponsor. Um, our relationship lasted a year, and he came home from a, a, a cruise on a ship and said that he could no longer be my sponsor because he had wanted to drink the entire time that he was on the cruise, and he didn't feel he could do that and come back and face me because he'd made a commitment to me and to AA. And unfortunately, he went out the next week and drank, and, and just a few months later, I attended his funeral. Um, what I, what I know today is that, what, that there was a lot of truth. What, what he said has helped, helped me stay in this program. Because once you make a commitment to other people, you're, you start to get the promises. You start to work the steps. Now, I have a sponsor. He has a sponsor. I sponsor five guys in the, in the program of, of Alcoholics Anonymous. And I never have to ask them what step are they working because they all sponsor somebody. That's one of my rules. I won't sponsor you unless you sponsor other people. So I just ask them, I say, so what, what step is your sponsee working? Oh, she's on step three. She's been on step three forever. I think that's, you know. And, and, and I, I say, so what are you getting out of it? Because I know that that's the step that they're working. So I asked all of my sponsees about the ninth step. And they all came back and said, 
you know, it's really crazy for you to ask. You worked us through it. You had us put down on paper what we thought we wanted to say, and then you took a red pen to it, and you just crossed out wherever it was selfish, and, and, and said, this is not about, you know, you getting the other person to make amends. This is about you actually owning who you were and your part in it. And I think sometimes that's really, really hard for us as alcoholics because, you know, I'm a, I was a kind of alcoholic. If you, if you had the life I did, you would have drank like I did. You know, if you had the day that I did, you would have drank like I did. And what I know for me is that the things that, that I read to you have started to come true. And sometimes I, I see them and sometimes I don't. You know, uh, do I have lots of money? I have enough money, I have food, I have a, a home, I don't own it, uh, I, ha I don't have a car. There are things that I think that I want, uh, but the promises don't say you get the things that you think that you want. It tells you that, that fear of economic insecurity will leave you. Now, you know, I don't have any fear of economic insecurity, um, even in today's world economy. You know, um, I just have a knowledge of, of finally being able to move into action. Um, I thought I was going to retire. I know this is a young people's meeting. Uh, but, but my sponsor tells me to always share the fact that when in the United States we have this thing called Social Security, and they send you a letter every year showing where your earnings have been and what they put away for you in terms of savings. And from the time I got out of college until the time I stopped drinking, it was a downward slope. And since I've been sober, it's been a consistently upward slope. And I thought I was going to retire at age 60. I'll be 58 next month. And the economy has said that I won't be able to retire. So now I'm having to think about what, 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 is, econo what is my economic future? Do I have any fear of it? No, because I'm taken care of as long as I don't drink. You know, as long as I, somehow or another, if I, if I work the program of Alcoholics Anonymous, I get to have the things that I need, never, almost never, the things that I want. I still want the cute boyfriend, I still want the car, I still, I still want all of those things, but none of those things give you inner peace. I know lots of people that have lots of, lots of things but people always say, Wakefield, you seem so content. I am absolutely and unequivocally content. And it's because I have worked the steps. I still work the steps. You know, if, if somebody were to ask me for any advice on the ninth step, my advice would be, be you should be a meeting-dependent alcoholic. In other words, you know, if what you used to do to always make sure you had a drink, you should always know where your next meeting is. Now, I will tell you these fancy phones have little apps that you can get that will tell you where the next meeting is. But, you know, with the Internet today uh, and with phone numbers, uh, you know, we, we should always be connected to someone who can help us stay sober. And we should always use our phones for that purpose. If you don't have at least five alcoholics in your phone, you must be your first week in the program. <laughs> but but I, I would encourage, if you want the promises to come true for you, 
to practice calling other alcoholics. And actually just call somebody. Don't wait until you need something. Call somebody and say, hi, this is a practice call. And they'll say, what? I don't need anything, but I'm practicing using my phone so that when I have the moments where I can't see the promises coming true, I can talk to another alcoholic. And it's much easier to call them on that day and say, this is not a practice call, it's the real thing. Can you just hang out with me on the phone for a minute? And so it's been a pleasure sharing, and I'll turn it over to my colleague. This year it was really good. <laughs> I have on the mood of promises now and perspective in my life. Um, I know when I was thinking about my share, uh, it just was like one hour before, um, I was thinking where is the key for my perspective and promises in my life and my sobriety. And it's not good to say that this is, it was my past till 22 while I was drinking and I didn't know that I'm an alcoholic and then I became AA member. So when I, so this is black and white but it helps me to understand where I am now. Um, I didn't know how to drink from my childhood, from my first drink. I just got, dr I got drunk from my first drink. So now when I'm in AA program I just realized that this is a genetic problem. And um, I wasn't happy all my life until uh, I came to the program. I had the good moments. I was traveling. I had friends. I went to school. Everything was good. But it was like, and what? <laughs> What's more? What I can get more? I want more. Where is the happiness? And I found alcohol for that reason. Um, so I wasn't like fearful. I could speak with people, I couldn't um, drink alone because I was sad and, and whatever. And in the last year before coming to the program, I I don't know what happened, just in the six months I lost everything. Uh, I was in the last uh, year of my uh, bachelor, um, I was writing pieces, I was working and uh, like my future, like not to dream work but it was okay. And I lost everything in six months because uh, in the September I said um, I will show that guy who loved me how I have to live <laughs> and how I have how I will build my life. And what happened? I just ended up with a boat shaped here, <laughs> uh, I sh uh, shivering and drinking and smoking and full of fear and uh, negative thinking and. It just was so bad that the only reason which I saw it was to kill myself. I was 22, I was finishing my university, and all the perspective was, uh, all the life perspective was in the future. But I, I didn't see the meaning in that. And the only thing what I was looking is like how to end that, how to end this pain which I was carrying for 22 years. And um, yeah. 
this is was the step and I, I start to look for the help. If I wouldn't have uh, wouldn't find the AA probably probably I wouldn't be alive today. And um, this is the promises and perspective uh, with the AA problems, uh, program which I have as a young person. I have a perspective for the new life. Um, now I'm two years old, but two years and three months, and uh, everything's changed in these two years. Um, I'm traveling at the beginning of my sobriety. I thought, okay, I'm stuck in Venus for all my life. I will never go abroad again. Um, I was thinking uh, I will never have fun in, in my sobriety because I get uh, sober with the uh, older people. I thought that I will never have uh, uh, friends, boyfriend. Uh, I would never have a job because I lost, because I was drinking, because I'm alcoholic. Now I won't have a job. It's, it's, it sounds insane, but I have this uh, thinking. I thought that this fear and anxiety uh, will be uh, insanity will be all the time with me, and like I. I, I just will be bad feeling person all my life. Um, and then I saw these people in AA that just like have, were smiling and uh, felt relaxed and they have family, work. Uh, I just was thinking like, maybe I can have this too. And this was like a promise for me. If I will work the program, uh, if I will do the steps, I can have my new life. As a young person in the AA, I can rebuild my life from like cleaning this to 22 years. And like, okay, now I will learn how to clean the bath again. <laughs> now I will learn how to do my bed again. <laughs> now I will learn how to go to, to the bar again, not drinking. And I started to learn new things and um, I'm really thankful for my sponsors uh, who brought, like, I have a strong program, a program. Um, but it was a bit in different days, not like in a big book. Um, but I think this is what I learned, this is this promise that um, I live one day and I'm waiting for, the, for what life brings to me. And now I have a sponsor from USA, and uh, she came, came to AA as me, 22 or 23 years old, and now she has a family and, uh, and a work career, and, um, and I'm redoing the steps together, like, together with her, and um, I'm traveling here, today I'm here, and uh, probably I will visit uh, some AA in different countries, and probably to go to study again. And uh, this is for me a promise and perspective. And the most important, which was at the beginning, uh, I have peace with myself. <laughs> this is what the most important. It's not the work. It's not the job. It's not the boyfriend. It's not I don't know the apartment. It's not the country. This is the peace with myself and. Um, that I started to accept myself who I am uh, because uh, I all the time thought, you are better and you are better and you have more and I'm the worst. And now I started to accept myself and um, I know what I like, um, 
I know how I'm acting in some kind of situation so I can predict what can happen. And for me, this is like this acceptance of myself means a lot with the, this inner peace and uh, with the going to the people, uh, to, to the people, going to you and speaking with you. Uh, because before I was, and I'm still, I'm, I have this fear of going to the people. But uh, I know it would be okay because in these two years, nothing bad had happened. <laughs> it's just going up. And uh, this is a promise. This is a perspective. And the other thing is that uh, before I came to AA, I had this dream. I, I'm really into the films. And I was uh, thinking, if I will get sober, I will work with films. <laughs> And uh, now I'm working with films, and uh, and this is again the perspective, the promise. Uh, if I will keep coming back and work with the program, I will have what I should have. And uh, I don't know, it's just, I can trust my higher power now, what I couldn't do before. And everything is not, not that uh, I don't have it. It's like I see the changes in my life. And so this is like a promise for me that everything will be all right or that everything will be as it should be. And I just have to live one day, do steps, call to AA members, do fellowship, do service. And it's wonderful. So thank you that I want to live today. <laughs> all right. sharing. In order to give everyone the chance, we ask you to limit your share to three minutes. Please come up to the front to share. Who would like to begin? Anyone? Maybe, maybe they still have lots of questions about viruses. Oh, does anyone have a question? Promises coming true, uh, and you know, really, as far as I understood, you're not really noticing it. Because <laughs> I, I, I had that experience as well. I was, I was at some point, I was like reading these promises. We also read them at all the meetings uh, in, in Copenhagen. They usually get read out at the end of the meeting. And I was sitting there one day, and I'm like, when does this happen? You know, when, when, when am I going to get all this? And I've been through the steps, and I'm doing the thing, walking the walk as far as I can, and doing all this. But I'm not getting it. Why? Well, you know what? I'm not getting it. And, uh, Somebody told me this, well, there's nothing to get, you know, it's about what you give. And um, I started trying to give more, uh, and eventually I started noticing that actually, yeah, my finances weren't all that great, but I wasn't afraid of them anymore, and uh, 
yes, I did have a lot of these things that I actually needed, and just I wasn't afraid anymore. I wasn't I was nervous about walking up in front of a crowd, for instance. I wasn't nervous about dancing sober, for instance, and, and doing these things that I was actually very nervous about before, even with 15, 20 beers. And, um, and just, I don't know, it's just these things, I mean, I'm not, I've only been sober now for, for, for 14 months, um, and, and, and it's, before that I had nine months, and then I relapsed, and it's all over, I can't work, so I won't go into it here. But, so I'm very new in the program, but it's, it really is, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have come into a, a, a home group in Copenhagen, which is, um, it's a men's group, and they're pretty goddamn hardcore, which is a good thing, and they, they, we keep each other accountable, and uh, I just thought a guy throw a pin at me, because I'm talking about my fourth step again, but it's all in good, in good, good spirit and love and heart, so uh, I've got a really good sponsor, and I've got a really good home group that, that, that helps me get going pretty quickly, so um, with that, you know, me getting pushed into doing the actual work, I'm also getting rid of the rewards. And I can only say that I mean, if, if, if it's this good as it is already now, uh, I cannot wait to see what's in, <laughs> in store for me. So thank you so much. idea to share um, how I use promises with my sponsors. Um, we haven't done it that long time, but the idea is that, that we have promises um, on a paper, and I ask the questions like, is it happening in your life or not? And we kind of put the check marks. And, and for them, it has been a very important thing of course, this is not my idea. Somebody did that to me, and it felt really, really, really good. But anyway, we are doing it with them uh, because um, it seems that even though their life is getting better and better and better, in my perspective, uh, they are not kind of noticing it. But when we are doing this kind of checklist sort of thing, um, the change becomes obvious for them as well. And, and, and we can continue doing this kind of uh, on a regular basis to see how, how the thing is, how the sobriety is going and so on. Um, my I'm from Finland and there are some words in English that are, there's just not, no muscles in my mouth for that. But anyway, um, the sad thing is that at the moment I don't have a sponsor who would do that sort of thing for me. Because I would desperately need some sort of, uh, I would need somebody to check on me how I'm doing on a regular basis. Because I'm the last person usually who notices if I'm not doing okay. And, and, and now again, uh, now I'm again in that sort of situation that I have been listening how you people share here. And I'm like, shit. I have noticed that, that I haven't been doing the stuff that I'm 
supposed to be doing to make me feel good and make my life good and so on. And, and that, that has happened quite a lot when I come to conventions or big meetings like this, that I notice that how I'm doing. And that's why I left before 10 o'clock last night to go to one place where, I, where I'm staying, to be by myself, because I felt like everybody else so, is so fucking recovered, I'm, I'm like this miserable <laughs> thing. And, and what happened, there was this one guy, it was you. Yeah. <laughs> you shared my story today, yeah. <laughs> and I thought after that, like, really, really good, and I know that this is the exact right place for me today. Thanks. Thank you. Hi, my name is Joel, I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> my home group is Young People in Action Gothenburg. And resting my laurels is a study is real close to heart because uh, up to a couple of months ago I were really trying to I wrestled my lords a long time <coughs> and I almost relapsed because of it uh, I thought I like <coughs> I live in a town up north and uh, I tried to see what, what I could get out of the group what I could get instead of what I could give to them uh, I started to resent the group so we sent all the people there and uh, stopped doing the work, stopped doing the actions that I need to do to be in contact with God and uh, be in recovery. Uh, a couple of months ago, I started working the program again with a new sponsor in Gothenburg. And from the beginning, I felt like I have to do another fourth set. I have to do a new inventory about all the things I've been doing. But that was <coughs> like all the things I actually needed to do was start doing maths again. Start working my nice, nice stuff. Start doing, trying to incorporate this principle of AA into my life. Not only in the meetings where I can say the words, but outside I wouldn't do the actions. Because I know this intellectually, but I have to know it in my heart as well. And uh, one thing that my sponsors used to say to me is, action is the magic word. Words are not the magic action. Because I know the words, but I have to do the actions as well. Otherwise, I will relapse. I will lose contact with God and to this program and all these amazing people I get, I'm getting to know here. And that's nothing. I don't, want, I don't want that. I want to be a part of this. I want to be a part of AA, young people in AA. I want to be all over the world meeting new friends and just having a blast. Because this new way of living is amazing. I love it. And I hopefully I'll be able to keep in touch with God and work do the work and just not and not just saying words, saying what I need to do. Say I, I need to do my tenth step. I need to do my eleventh step during on the night. I need to do it. Let us step in the morning. I need to <coughs> give, give this program away so I can keep myself. I actually have to do these things as well. I can't just say it. I have to do the actions as well. So, I hopefully you will not have to experience like resting on the laurels because it's not worth it. Promise, I, I promise you, it's not worth it. 
Yes, your savior. Oh, shoot. I was so bad, so ill. Oh my god. So. <laughs> I'm just glad to be here. And I uh, hope you all have a blast. I am. So, thank you so much. Hi, my name is Jade and I'm an alcoholic. Hi. Uh, thank you for sharing some your stories. Um, it was uh, last year. I have been sober for like five and a half years. And I've been working in this program, living in this program. Uh, I have helped one and other people outside. And I was educating myself. And I was going on meeting almost every day. And yeah, praying to God so much every day, every morning. And I was thinking, what is wrong with me? I'm still going up and down in my mood. I'm depressed, I'm angry, I hate people, I'm self-destructed, I'm low, and everything, this darkness. And then after a few things happening to me, I realized um, in October last year that I haven't, uh, I haven't really turned myself into God, like, totally. I was still, I was I'm making my own will, like working and, uh, you know, all these kind of things. So, I went into a church and I just, on knees, on my knees, and, uh, and they helped me there and I prayed, blah, blah, blah. And there took me like three months more after that. And uh, I felt there was something happening to me because I, it was so hard things happening to me. So, I, so I'm very happy that I realized that, that thing. And uh, after three months more, I, I felt there was something different happening. And uh, and then the light just like this, and there was something new in my sobriety, uh, and uh, and all these things. And it's so hard for me to explain, but the difference be before and after is so big that I cannot believe that this is true. Actually, I've been almost every day. I've been in a good mood and. I have had a few hours, maybe some seconds, some minutes, but it's going like that. And th there is something happening. I, I realized there was so much, much things just like that. And uh, I'm so, I'm not, uh, I'm so like, I'm, I'm so much more careful with myself now and uh, with uh, everything I do and blah, blah. I'm not afraid. Mm -hmm. That is not the thing because then it should be wrong again but I think but uh, I, I enjoy life and I the difference now <coughs> is that I want to live I don't want to die and now I know uh, after and I was thinking thank you God for all these like five and a half years soon it will be sick but anyway I've, I know I have done everything I've listened to other people even if some <laughs> you don't listen but I listen uh, anyway so and everything and and that so, I think I, I'm believing proofs also that it really works. And uh, I have done all, the, and I'm still doing this and helping people and all these kind of things. And, and uh, I'm so happy, really. I'm so happy that the light has come in. Thank you so much.
Hi, my name's Christian. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Christian. Um, the promises, you know, I, I came in and out of the rooms for a long time, and the promises were always there on the wall, and they were always read, and they never meant shit to me. You know, they were just a bunch of words, just like all the other slogans. And uh, really, as good as it got for me as I came in and out of the rooms was just like stopping drinking for a little while and um, feeling better, you know, getting myself out of the jackpots that I was in that brought me back into the rooms each time. Um, but it wasn't until, you know, uh, I guess a few years ago when uh, it was all about sort of letting go, you know? And uh, letting go is another slogan. It just didn't mean anything to me. But what happened to me is that I just, I just gave up. I gave up everything. And the big book talks about, you know, we have to, we have to let go of our old ideas. And um, until you let go of all of them, you know, the results are nil. And there's, you know, there's stories to, to, uh, to bear this out in, in the big book. You know, it's like the, the people that hold on to those, you know, notions, a couple of notions, because they've been holding on to them for so long. And that was me. I was holding on to them. And uh, I didn't, like, decide that I was going to let everything go, and then it went away. You know, that would have been good, but it didn't happen that way. It just, it was, it was critical mass of, of absolute misery for me. And uh, I, I shared this in the last meeting, um, you know, I was in the fetal position, and and I'd never reached out for God because, you know, I just never needed God, you know, and, uh, and I, was, I was lost. And everything that I had always tried, and I had tried this stuff since I was a child, you know, I put up these walls since I was a child to protect myself, they just didn't work anymore as an adult. And in fact, they not only didn't work, they were, they were killing me, you know. And rather than go back and drink, I sort of, I sort of lived with myself for a while long enough to uh, realize that everything that I believed, everything, was wrong. And so there was a point, I don't know if it happened in a day and it didn't, angels didn't come down from the sky or anything, but it, it, it was clearly a point in my life when I just, I gave up the ghost, you know? And I didn't know what was on the other side of that, but I gave up, man. And uh, I did not have high hopes for what was going to happen, you know? at doing that, but, uh, you know, I just, I was so sick of feeling the way I was feeling, and it was that point that I was open for the program, and I was open for God, and I was open to actually begin to understand the promises, and the promises started happening, you know, um, I don't know if I had this, like, point where I, like, looked at them and said, oh, yeah, you know, I can check that off and that off, but they came, they came true in ways that I never thought, I never imagined they would happen, you know, and um, I think letting go, for me, it's, it's mostly about, it's mostly about, I spent a lot of time, I still do this, you know, I have to let go all the time, I spent a lot of time about thinking about what other people are thinking, I try to predict, you know, what's going to happen, uh, I try to, uh, I have, I, I create scenarios in my head uh, that, you know, upset me or piss me off so that I can raise my defenses and, and protect myself. And that's before I get out of the shower in the morning. And so I come down, I see somebody that I haven't even seen that day, and I'm already pissed off at them because of this scenario I created. That's the kind of shit that I do. That's, a, that's the dangerous place, the, the dysfunctional playground that is my mind, you know? And 
letting go means that you know I don't I don't predict I don't forecast I don't I don't sit and, and think about things that I've done and, and try and change them make the scenario different that it's gone it's done you know I don't create dialogues in my head that don't exist in reality um, I, I do that but I, <laughs> on the days that I get closest to letting go uh, I let those go. And the first time that I was doing that, the first time that I was like actually really letting go, it felt like I was cheating. Because I had spent all my life doing this, protecting myself in ways, spending, uh, expelling all this energy uh, you know, that, for things that I just couldn't do anything about or didn't exist. I'd create them. And um, so, yeah, I was like cheating. I was like, what the hell? You know, I, I got all this like extra space in my head. You know, what do I do with that? <laughs> you know, um, but uh, then I realized it wasn't cheating. You know, I was opening the door. And um, it's an inside job, you know. AA is an inside job, but ultimately it has to be about an outside job. It has to be about getting, <laughs> getting, getting the fuck out of my head and uh, out of myself and, and and it has to be about other people. But that's, that was my journey. And, um, and that was how the promises began to come true. And again, it was in ways that, you know, I, I didn't even imagine, you know. I was like, oh, that's what that meant, you know. So, anyway, thank you.
So, anyways, um, when I first came here, I was really, I was, I was going to this group of people like, I have this new car and I have this new stuff and I'm so happy and I was like, I was really annoyed about that because I was like, I'm never going to get these things. And now I know because I didn't thought I wouldn't really just deserve it. So, and uh, well, I have a new apartment, so uh, I've been living in, in that in my apartment for like five five days or so, mm. and it's so strange, you know. It's just and it's really it's really new, you know. And and, and the people that live there is really are really fancy and. In the beginning, I couldn't really relate to them. I just I was like sneaking. I still do sometimes, like sneaking in. Being, like I always come in late, like three in the morning, because <laughs> I feel like a alcoholic, you know, <laughs> walking in. But but um, and this is the thing. It's like I have to, I have to, I have to force myself to believe that I'm actually worth it to give to live there. You know, I'm I'm, I'm like because. When I was drinking, I didn't think that it, a good thing happened to me. I was like, no, I have to destroy it, I have to drink, I have to, yeah. And you know, I'm really nervous, so I just have to stop talking about stuff. You know, I just, I'm really thankful to be here and thank you guys to be here too. So, keeping me sober and we're being sober together. So, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.